0: Good morning, 12-hour broken podcast. West Coast Wiley here, Mac and Maisie, coming in hot today. Today's Puppuccino Friday. Not sure when you're going to listen to this podcast, though. Definitely won't be a Friday, but I'm recording it on a Puppuccino Friday. We literally wake up in bed, dogs sleep in bed, yeah. If you're a dog person, you get it. And they're big dogs, too, so it's good in the wintertime, bad in the summertime. Um... But we just say Puppuccino Friday, and they jump up. They know what that means. That's whipped cream in a cup from Starbucks. So today was Puppuccino Friday. Hey, we all need little wins, right? Especially dogs. They need wins. Um, So there you go. That's what today is. That's it. That's the podcast. I'm kidding. What we're going to chat about today is this. An assistant. What does an assistant do? What should they be doing? Which is, that's really you know, subjective, depending on your business. Do you need an assistant? What do you pay an assistant? What are the pros and cons of an assistant? And so Stevie D has this, and I've used it so many times, I just love how he frames it. You've got three positions in your business, regardless of how many people are in your business. And most of us are one man, one woman band shows, but there's three people. You've got your CEO, $1,500 an hour role. That's BD, hustling out there, relationships, leveraging yourself, making big decisions to bring business in because we die without the business. And building the brand. If you build the brand, the business comes too. So the same thing. You got middle management, that's underwriting, ordering appraisals, that kind of stuff. That's $50 an hour. Then you've got admin stuff, $20 an hour. And that's, I don't know, tracking your CRMs, uh, doing birthday cards, kind of that stuff. Putting together maybe social posts, content on there. To be honest, I'm not sure what you can fill an assistant with depending on the size of your business. And so that's more what I want to talk about today is I know the word's been thrown around, hire someone before you need them. And I do believe that. I just don't believe it's an assistant that you need. If you actually write down all the things that you're trying to get off your plate so that you can go concentrate on CEO role stuff. <coughs> Excuse me, still getting over a cold. You're going to hear that for weeks, by the way. Um, I'm not convinced the average business has enough stuff. So you call what it is. Hey, I just want someone to do it. I'm willing to overpay for it. and And that's okay. If you have 12 to 15 hours of work a week, and you need to pay someone if you can find an assistant that you only can can pay that long and they're happy with that that's great what i found the past happens is if the expectations aren't met and it's kind of like hey we're gonna hire you on part-time and then we'll add more hours on as we go and we get busier and then they're banking on remember you got to put their hat on and they have a family and they have bills and they're counting on those paychecks and the promise of maybe more hours. And so you just need to make sure if you said that, well, now you're going to have to back that up or they're going to leave, especially if they're really good. And if really good people are going to get snapped up from other people. They just will. It's the reality. So you have to overpay, pay for more hours. So if you've got 15 hours of work, you might have to pay that person for 35, 30, 40 a week. And if you do that, well, it's an extended expense that, and you're not maximizing it. But there's also a pressure that comes along with this. And those of you who have assistants can probably relate or have had them in the past. Like I have, I had a full-time assistant and it was so much pressure and it might sound crazy, um, but it was a lot of pressure trying to just figure out what to give them to do because I knew I was paying and, you know, they were an employee and I'm playing employee tax and getting them T4s and Uh, they have vacation days and then there's a culture you try to build. And then there's like, your, you know, there's gifts at certain times of the year. Like there's all this stuff that goes into having staff. And so when you have them, there's a certain pressure that comes along with that. And especially if you don't have enough work for that person, a, they could leave. B, they could just be like, Hey, this is a sinking ship. I don't have stuff to do. c they, a lot of the really good ones. They're, they don't want to work 15 hours and get paid for 40. They're like, I want to feel useful. I want to have a purpose in my life. So you can't just assume I'm going to, I'm going to overpay someone or promise more hours but actually give them less to do. They're going to get bored, and they're just going to leave to some other challenge because that's the people you want working in that position, right? So there's a lot of things that go along with it, which is why I'm not convinced you need a full-time assistant. If you can find a part-time – if you say, hey, Ryan, I've got a part-time assistant – I do 40 million a year, it's me. I got a part-time assistant, he or she works 15 hours a week. I'm like, boom, and they're, co- and they're content with that and they're happy with that and it works for us. Okay, that's great. I love that setup, I think it's awesome. But if you've got someone and they want 37 and a half hours and they wanna move up in the company and they you, know, you have to always be giving raises and bonuses and yet you're giving them 10 to 12 hours of work and none of it's really moving the needle, it's just stuff that cluttered up your to-do list, and but it doesn't really move the needle in the business. Like that's, typically that's the arrangement most people have. And so I'm here to tell you, it's okay to not have an assistant. What I would look at is I would look at getting a virtual assistant. So a virtual assistant, and I'm all about keeping, you know, supporting the local labor force, but I'm also being realistic here and going, there are people that are overqualified, for being an assistant, that you can pay seven, eight dollars U.S. So ten dollars an hour, and you can have them at thirty hours a week, right? For three hundred a week, twelve hundred a month, no employee tax, none of that stuff. All the other stuff comes along with it, and they will work their tails off, and they're phenomenal, and they want to learn so much, and they're very good, very well spoken, great English, um, good grammar. Good, like they're just it, it's evolved so much, the virtual assistant world. So I'm telling you, that might be an avenue to look at because they can do everything and then some that an assistant can do locally. If you want someone sitting beside you, different story. We have Zoom, though. You can hop on a Zoom. And they'll work your hours. Right? Um, So, but the bigger question is, do we actually need an assistant? So now I have to do our uh, podcast sponsorship. This podcast is sponsored by Americano. It's a two-sip deal today. That's one. I'm going to put them together. There we go. Okay. So the bigger question, in my opinion, is do I actually need an assistant? I think there's a lot of stuff on your plate that you could have someone do. I think a virtual assistant is a lot more cleaner way to go, unless you have someone local that wants to work five to 10 hours a week. Like there's only so many Christmas cards. There's only so many birthday cards. There's only so many, like if they're not involved in the documentation, the reviewing The labeling, the uploading, if they're not involved in any of that, and it's essentially all the other stuff, the sand that just weaves around your business that doesn't really bring revenue in, uh, but just makes you feel like you're providing experience, whatever that looks like, um, then that's cool, right? That's not everyone. It's tough to find that. That's a diamond in the rough. Someone who's going to work 10 hours a week, get paid $20 an hour, um, be loyal be someone that doesn't need more hours at some point, someone that you can trust, someone where like they're going to be available on a good turn like and they're good at their job. Like that's that is a diamond in the rough. You have that set up, congratulations, keep it. Roll with it. But if not, most of us are hiring full-time people. Most of us are just not having anyone. Most of us are having a full-time person and then we don't have enough to give them and there starts to be resentment and you're stressed out. And they're going, what are you doing? I thought this was a business. I thought we were growing. I thought, blah, blah, blah. And so it just, it eventually doesn't work anymore. So I'm here to tell you that, and if you've heard other podcasts, you'll understand where I'm coming with this is your number one need in your business is fulfillment. It's not an underwriter, right? Unless you're a business that has a hundred leads coming in every month, hundreds of leads coming in every month, and you have to sort through them. And you don't want to let those leads go. Because you want to do private and you want to do B and you want to do A and you want to do like unconventional financing and like all these different avenues. You need someone who knows the answers. And that's probably isn't going to be you. That's not best use of your time to go and figure out all those answers. It's good to know the high level stuff. So you would need an underwriter in that instance. Someone that you could just funnel all the leads into, which I call just shit, cold leads coming in. And then they sift through it. And that's what an underwriter would do. And that's phenomenal. But most of us business models aren't like that. We don't have that many leads coming in. So when you have leads coming in, if you have 20 a month coming in, whatever that number looks like, fit 10 a month, 5 a month, 30 a month. You don't need an underwriter for that. You need a, a, a kick-ass up front pre-approval process to sort through, layer some filters in, which you're not going to get into today. You jump on a discovery call. Determine if they're on your no list and if you trust this person, if there's a relationship and if they're going to make a commitment to work with you. If they do, get their docs, get an approval. And then you send it, you hand that deal off to fulfillment. So fulfillment's from commitment to compliance and they interact with your clients. Right? You can't be in the, the mud there. You can't be in the back and forth on down payment docs. So fulfillment is your most valuable player. It's your MVP of your team. Because if you have a kick-ass fulfillment person, it frees you up so much to be the gatekeeper of the business up front on discovery calls and go build the brand, whatever that means to you, and hand off approved deals, which should now be pretty easy to handle outside of sifting through the paperwork, fulfilling conditions, ordering appraisals, tracking instructions, making sure it closes, answering the mundane questions the clients have, and you just come in and put out fires. That right there is what you need. And so, <clears throat> I wanted to open this up, because I've been talking to a lot of people, they're like, I have an assistant, I have an assistant. So we audit their time. We actually audit what they're doing, the assistant's doing, the amount of money they're paying them, the stress that comes in, and when we shake it all out, and it spits out a number, and it goes, boop, 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 boop. <clears throat> very, very, very rarely, does having a full-time assistant make sense. It just doesn't. Having someone do your fulfillment, and then have a part-time if that's a VA or someone committed to 10 hours a week. Really, if, <laughs> I don't know what you could give an assistant that takes more than 10 hours a week. They're like, unless you're running, like you've got four or five staff and, and you're running like hundreds of deals. Um, I'm just not convinced. And so I just haven't seen that model where it's like, yeah, my assistant, when, like when you actually add up all the pros versus the cons. So I think the lean and mean simple model, which it's my, it's it's my goal. It's my mantra. It's my 2023 through the training, through this podcast, through social, everything I'm doing is to like simplify the business, the mortgage business simplify, but for the average broker, right? You want to build a hundred, 200, 300, 400, fill your boots. I'll still provide value on a lot of things there, but you're not the ones who need the help the ones who need the help are the ones doing the five to 30 million that want to know how to grow it, but also reclaim their time back and stop overcomplicating things and having assistants, thinking that's solving problems, <clears throat> it's not necessarily the answer that you need for your business. Okay. You can have just you a fulfillment person with a part-time assistant and run clear half a million dollars a year, clear, half a million dollars a year, and not work over 40 hours. That is, you can actually do more and work less, even more than that. I'm just throwing those numbers out. Um, Easily done. So the purpose of this podcast was just to go, for those of you thinking you need an assistant, I highly suggest you write down what you would have the assistant do. Don't go hire them and then give them stuff. Go write down exactly what they would do and attribute a certain amount of time for each task per week. Or per month, and then divide by four. Like you have to figure out the amount of hours you actually need someone before you go hire someone. Because now you're going to go hire someone. You're going to sort. You're going to have to do interviews and sort through. I got to start driving here. Sorry, I've got. Uh, I forgot kids are decent out here soon. I'm Gotta go say goodbye um, before they go to school. Uh, you've got to hire someone. You got to sort through all the applications, or however you're doing that. Then you have the interviews, right? Whatever that looks like, it's still time. But even just to put together the ad, where are you going to put it? Are you paying someone? Are you putting it in Facebook groups? Are you having people message you? Are you reaching out to your social? Like, it all takes time, right? Don't forget about this. This stuff all takes time. And then you hire someone. You onboard them. You train them. And then you get them set up. You get their personal info. They sign a contract. Maybe they're not even the right person. You find that out after three weeks. You fire them. Now you got to go through it again. Like, It's a lot of work to hire an assistant. So you have to make sure it's worth it, right? Versus hiring a virtual assistant, which you could have done. It timings a lot quicker because there's a bigger pool of people who have all their skill sets laid out for you on the websites. Go to upwork.com. It's the one that I've always used. We've had five or six VAs. We currently run with VAs too, and I'm telling you, they're amazing. amazing. So... Uh, and I keep saying they. I'm not like demeaning them. I'm just saying that's just a way of generally speaking about them. I hope that don't take it that way. I'm like, hey, they. And we don't pay them a lot. And like to them, we overpay for what they would earn working where they live, which is ours are in the Philippines. Um, and we treat them very, very, very well. Um, and you give, you know, I won't get into all that. That'll be, never be, a, be another podcast for sure, though. Um, so when you factor all the time and to do all that with The ability that you're not going to have 40 hours of stuff for an assistant to do. And if you don't trick yourself into thinking, Hey, I've given a bunch of stuff, your assistant, if they're not great, they're just going to like program their brain to just get the stuff done. You gave them within their 37 and a half hours for that week, even though they could have got it done at 12. Right? We all can get a lot of stuff done (laughs) in concentrated time. Uh, Someone working full time for you doing all the stuff that has nothing to do with bringing business in and it's all the stuff around like not none of the fulfillment or underwriting or anything there's only so much other stuff to do and don't hire someone and they do your social media for you unless they're a social media expert you know i personally wouldn't have someone run my social media just because i have an assistant i'm trying to give them stuff to do well that doesn't make sense either Right? It's kind of like you have a kitchen, you're running a restaurant, and you have a sous chef, but you're not that busy, so they don't have stuff to prep. So you're like, hey, while you're there, can you like, you know, maybe fix the oven? <laughs> like, no, that's not what I do. So your assistant, I know, is multifaceted, should be, but being a social media manager, that's the number one wanted expertise in the business world right now. I read an article on this. It's the number one someone to run your social media because it's a skill set and you can build a brand and it's big time, serious stuff. It's not just posting postcards and like hoping it works out. There's a whole, like, there's a whole business behind it of how you do it. So if you're tricking yourself into thinking, well, I haven't just run my social media and that makes up for it. And now I can by paying them. this. like, I'm telling you, there's a better way to do it. Have a part time VA run the, the 10 hours a week of stuff you had, and then go hire a social media expert another 10 hours a week and have someone that that's all they do for a living run your social media which is a valuable part of your business don't put that and then don't have someone calling have an assistant call just because you have an assistant doesn't mean they should be making phone calls they like making phone calls or they're even good at making phone calls usually people who make phone calls they like if that's all they do the people who if you're telling people hey make phone calls now that's going to go on their to-do list. It's going to go at the bottom. And it probably wasn't in the job description when you hired them. And they might have said, yeah, I'll do it, blah, blah, But they don't like doing it. So the last thing I want is staff working for me that's doing things they don't like. That's just not fun. That's not, like, that's not an environment I want to create. And they're doing all these little things. Someone's doing all these things for you. They're not doing any of them great. But you're trying to come up with things for them to do because you feel the pressure. I've been there. Done that speaking from experience here. And so this is me saying, Hey, that's why I want to make this podcast. I'm not sure there's people who have assistants and they rock and it works. And that's awesome. Great. Majority of people who have them aren't super happy with that dynamic right now. So I'm telling you, you can step back, you can let them go. You can reduce their capacity. You can, but I talk to them like, Oh, Hey, what do you want here? Like, are you okay doing this for 15 hours a week for the next year or two? Or like, are you expecting more? Are you like, let me know. And if they're like, yeah, thumbs up. Okay, cool. Let's build the role around that. No, I actually want more. I want to move up. Okay. Well, I don't have that right now. I'm sorry. Especially in today's environment. Things are going the other way right now. So, but fulfillment, and I'm not going to get into how to hire film in that. I've made podcasts on that. That's your number one need in your business. hundred percent, hands down. Fulfillment can change your business overnight an assistant can't a fulfillment can because they're freeing you up from all the stuff you feel you really need to do you don't feel you really need to do christmas cards you don't feel you really need to keep your database up to date you don't feel like you really need to put a, a social media post you don't feel like you really those are all assistants doing right client care whatever we're calling the role there's certain things they do but you don't feel like you really need that but it's nice to have but you really need to do fulfillment. You need to do it in a very good way. And so hiring that person as a rock star, or if you have an assistant who you don't have the work to give them and you're doing fulfillment currently, and you think that they might be good at that and they agree, that's how transition them into that. Right? Because fulfillment is still only probably a 20 hour a week job for most of us. And then they could still be the assistant. So they could do a hybrid of both. So there you go. I want to put my thoughts out there because, uh, I just have these conversations all the time with people, over and over. And so I thought I'd put it here and get your thoughts. I'm pretty passionate about the assistant versus fulfillment role. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts, okay? Um, you can Facebook message me. Okay, peace out, kids. Five texts a day. Bye. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.